Hey, you. Yes, you. You're listening to Business SOS. Yep, Business Stories of Success, where we interview successful business owners for successful business owners. How do they make it happen? How do they keep it going? Join us with your host and business advisor, Mark Adams. Hello, hello, hello. You're with Mark Adams at Next Level Business Advisors, and we're here with Bob Hunter from MyBusinessCredit.com. He gives us business credit, and that's going to be powerful for you. We'll talk a little bit more about that, and I'm excited to talk about your journey and who you are. So let's just jump in, if you don't mind. Sir, you have the floor. Who are you? Tell us a little bit about your business. Yeah, I am Bob Hunter. Um, I am the guy in charge of mybusinesscredit.com. And uh, our our role basically is to keep people from becoming part of that statistic where 90% of all new business owners, uh, well, over 90% of all new business owners end up failing in that first five years because they don't have enough money, quite frankly. So our job is to kind of help people get access to the money that they need to grow, to hire, to develop new products and just succeed overall. Okay, I like that. It's very succinct. Now, this is to me, for me, a bit new, uh, what you do. So if you don't mind, when I have something new, you know, I want you to give me just a little bit more about like what that means. If I'm a business owner and I come to you, what do you do for me? How do you help me? Yeah, so um, I'll tell you a little story about myself. Um, When I started my business, it was because I I had a good job and ended up losing uh, my job. Uh, due to a medical accident, just kind of jumped right in like many business owners do as a reaction to uh, losing my job. So started a business and I had some idea of what I was doing. The part that I was missing is the administrative part. So it's all fine and dandy to focus on developing great uh, products and services and making sure that you're providing great customer service and that you're building a great team. But the administrative, the business administrative stuff still matters. And so people often forget the basics, like making sure your business is properly registered, making sure that you are um, uh, keeping your bank accounts structured in a way that is attractive to banks and other little fine details. So what we do is we kind of help people um, avoid being like I was operating in ignorance where you don't know these things until it's too late and you're looking for money and uh, no one's willing to give it to you because you're not structured and you're not set up properly. So our goal is to educate and provide access to money. Oh, wow. I like that. Educate and provide access to money. Um, So you mentioned something in that story. And I don't mind. I hope you don't mind if I dive into that. You said you started a business. Of course. And you 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 weren't this. That wasn't the business, mybusinesscredit.com. So you have started another business. And in case you're looking at this, ladies and gentlemen, you notice it says Oxford PearPoint. He doesn't have one business. Mm-hmm. He's, he has multiple businesses. Uh, so we, we're looking at a true entrepreneur. But if you don't mind, just dive into that for us. Yeah, I'll tell you exactly how that happened. <laughs> um, so Oxford started as uh, just a business dev- uh, development firm where it was almost like talking to a doctor for your business. So you might go to the doctor and say, doctor, I've got these symptoms. This is what's going on. The doctor's job is to know enough about um, their subject matter to be able to tell you what exactly the problem is and then provide you with solutions or in the doctor's case, a prescription. That is how Oxford operated for um, many years where we would listen to business owners, um, varying problems, and then we would 
uh, on a case-by-case basis, solve those problems individually. Sometimes it was money. Sometimes it was uh, marketing. Other times it was management. Other times um, it was just basic business planning, product development, taxes, whatever it is. We would always um, match them with a solution that was appropriate for their business. And that worked out very, very well until the pandemic. Uh Pandemic hits 2020. And we've now built a strong business. We're really uh, niched down to focusing on uh, on mortgage companies, bankers, and attorneys. Well, pandemic hits, people are slowing down on the buying houses. People are literally not going to court because the courts are closed. So the attorneys, mm. they don't want any cases or uh, or any of our help. And so it's like, ah, oh, man, marketing and all that auxiliary fancy consulting stuff. First thing to go, everyone's saying, hey, money's tight. My reaction uh, took me about three months to figure this out. But my reaction was, well, if money is the issue, why don't we sell money? That is how we got heavily into business financing uh, at Oxford Pierpont. Now, the good thing about many uh, business owners who can qualify is they tend to have everything together. So it's not the hardest thing in the world to get uh, someone qualified for um, you know, a million dollars or more if they've already got all of their paperwork and everything in order. And for the size of businesses that Oxford deals with, that's uh, you know that's not an unusual thing. However, all of these smaller and medium-sized businesses, it is actually really rare for them to have everything in order. Um, where we're talking basics like, what is your business credit score? What is your personal credit score? What, um, how is your business registered? Um, do you have a business bank account that's got at least ten thousand dollars per month? Uh, you know, just revolving in the account. Are you protecting little things like, um, uh, like your trade lines, your accounts? making sure your net terms are actually staying up to date and that you're paying your bills on time, keeping your credit card bills paid, all of these different things people just simply do not know to do when you are a small business owner or a medium-sized business and you're just still kind of staying afloat, right? Bigger businesses, they have people for that. So who's helping (laughs) the smaller ones? That is why we have my business credit. And the two could not be um, more different when you're just looking at it from a branding perspective because they do serve two completely different people. You look at my uh, site at OxfordPierpont.com, it is very corporate, very red, very serious, very expensive. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You look at my business credit, complete opposite. The colors are very bright and friendly and blue and happy. And we have animated videos everywhere that are explaining things. And it is obviously speaking to a completely different market, the people who uh, who need the help. So that is a quick rundown of, number one, nice. why there are two brands and how that actually came into being. I like it. I like it. And what I like about what you yeah. just mentioned to us, and, and it really dovetails into this idea about success, right, is that when things change, market conditions change, we can't be stagnant. Mm-hmm. You know, the ostrich yeah. puts his head in the ground and says, this is what I do. Meanwhile, he's got somebody behind him that's going to about to take him out. His head is in the ground. So you saw something, you saw a change in the market and you didn't say, I'm just going to ride this out till the pandemic's over, which in all honesty, yeah. I thought it was going to be two weeks. Uh, and then, you know, yeah, two weeks later, it took me three know. months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Oh, it's going to be okay. But pivoting in business is important. And that means, you know, especially for entrepreneurs, having that outward view is really powerful. Uh, we have to look forward 
or else we get stuck. So I really love that you shared your story with us as well. Uh, I want to get back to some cleanup work because I don't, I, I never like to miss this in order for us to find you, right? You sell money. I want to buy some money. I guess that's right. How do I find you? <laughs> exactly. How do I find you? So you can go to mybusinesscredit.com and uh, all over that site, there are a number of links that will get you to our pre-qualification form and that'll start you in the process. So the first thing we find out is just kind of where you're starting out, what you qualify for today, and we uh, take it from there. So if there are any adjustments that need to be made, um, we start helping you from that point. Okay. Mybusinesscredit.com. Mybusinesscredit.com. Normally I have people spell out their website, but I think we're all good with this one. M-Y-B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S, -S, right? C-R-E-D-I-T.com. All right. We're good. Yeah. I think we got that. If our listeners uh, are, are debating on how to find you, I've spelled it out. We've stated it. It's mybusinesscredit.com. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask this question because I thought it was going to be important. And I ask most of my clients and my, my interviewees this question, but especially in this case, uh, what makes you an expert in your field? Um, The biggest answer I would give is just outright failure. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that is uh that is the number one answer that I would give. Of course, there are a bunch of technical things that that, that make me an expert, and not to mention uh the years of experience um consulting people, consulting a variety of businesses for 50 hours a week. But all of that pales in comparison to the lessons taught by just outright failure. And I think that's an important lesson for a lot of people listening to just learn. Um, I talk to so many business owners that are just kind of waiting for everything to be ready, for the conditions to be perfect, for them to be at a state where they are not going to make any mistakes at all. And in my experience anyway, I'm not saying mine is the only experience, but as far as I can tell, it does not work that way. Even if you have all of these plans on what you're going to do, market conditions change, things change, there are things that you have to constantly be able to adapt to and modify your approach to and things that you will just fail at. And failure is not this permanent thing where once it's happened, like that's it, game over, You know, the, there's no more lives, you're done. That's not really <laughs> how it works. It works more like, ah, okay, so I've learned yet another way not to do this thing. There's this, uh, this I quote, that. I don't know if it's actually true or not, but there's this thing going around about Thomas Edison, about how he learned 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb. <laughs> so I think I've heard that too. It's it, yeah, you know, he it's it's more about uh about saying, hey, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what my end goal is, and let me just keep on adapting and adjusting until I finally get there. So a lot of what I say and a lot of my experience just comes out of outright um, experience and having done it the wrong way before. I like that. I really like that statement. Um, you know, I do business advisory too. And I think most of the things that I've learned is from the 20 years of doing it wrong. Oh, and spending a whole lot of money with other coaches who said, Mark, you're doing yeah. it wrong. And I say, let me try that. And they say, hey, change your mindset. And I say, let me try that. So I agree with you, right? It's yeah. not the the book learning necessarily. It's the, the real road of life that makes us experts sometimes. I love that. I love that answer. So I'm going to ask you this question, if you don't mind, because um, you sound like your whole game is tight. You can probably probably be an incredibly well-paid executive somewhere what made you decide and you touched on it a bit but like what made you decide to say you know what i'm going to start my own business 
as opposed to just being well paid working for someone else? What made you take the leap? Sickle cell. Blind in this eye, deaf in this ear. Well, this one, now I've gotten to the point where um, I'm able to use my AirPods. So if I don't have this in, deep, deep in there, um, it sounds like a whisper. So it's not entirely deaf anymore. It's not perfectly silent anymore. But uh, this is the one that cost me my job. So over this eye, it basically looks like I'm seeing silhouettes if I close the good one. Lost my job over that. And um, I talk about this a little bit in my bio, but I had a really good job. And uh, I was very comfortable. It's, you know, the comfort zone is where your dreams go to die. And I had no reason to change or to leave and until I lost that job. And um, that is what forced me to start a business because I've been doing all this business development stuff for the company I work for. Uh, I was the operations development director. I literally built something new for that company like every 90 days, roughly whether it was new departments, ERP systems, phone systems, all this like a variety of stuff. And so my immediate reaction to losing my job was I've got to come up with a lot of money. Unemployment does not uh, pay the bills. I learned that the hard way. I did not know that mm. unemployment, the way it works is they give you like this set amount. They don't care how much you made. At the time, that set amount was $300 a week. Well, $312 a week. Let me not forget the extra $12. Okay. All right now. <laughs> and uh, that was it. So you had basically like $1,200 a month and that's what you're supposed to be able to uh, to live on. And of course there are supplemental things like, you know, food stamps and all that. I needed a lot of money to replace the income that I had. So my knee jerk reaction was I've got to basically do all the stuff I was doing for that company, but for myself now. So that is how Oxford uh, started. That is why I have a business. I honestly thought it was going to be temporary, to be frank. I still... My mindset was still an employee mindset. I still believed in the security that a job provides, where you show up um, to this place for 40 hours and they give you this agreed upon amount of money and you're able to budget and pay your bills in that way. That was still my mindset. So it was a surprise to me when a year went by, two years went by, three years went by and so on and so forth. And now I'm, and I'm, I'm still in business. Of course, all blessings in disguise but they only look like uh, blessings when you're looking back on them. In the moment, they look like just why is this happening? This is all terrible. How am I supposed to uh, survive? How am I supposed to pay all these things? That's kind of what it felt like in the moment. So that is the that is the answer. That's the true answer <laughs> on why I have a business. Businesses. That is the most amazing story I've ever heard. When I asked that question about taking the leap, and I've had people who were mentioning that they were sick before and they started their business and it allowed them to have freedom. But man, Rob, that's powerful. Yeah. That's powerful. You know what else is powerful about your story? Like you said, I, I looked at it like a temporary thing. And now years later, I'm still doing it. And probably, probably successfully. <laughs> probably oh, yeah. successfully. Yeah. 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 I, I thought but you might say that. It did not start out that way. It was it was ramen noodles to be to be, to be clear. Okay. <laughs> it was Most of us when we start for, out, uh, yeah, yeah. For quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. You know, Most of us was, start um, out that way. When I Yeah. It was um it was a bit of a learning curve because so there's there's this misconception about having a business. Everyone always talks about the fun stuff. Oh, you get to be your own boss, you get to make all the rules, all this mm -hmm. stuff. What they don't talk about as often is wearing all the hats 
right? So you're not just developing the products, you're providing the service, you're providing the product, you're doing the accounting, you're doing the hiring, you're doing the firing, you're doing all the taxes, you're you're doing all this stuff, especially if you're not starting with enough money. This kind of brings mm. me back to my business credit. But if you're not starting with enough money, the very start of your business can be very chaotic just because you have to do everything yourself. That's right. You are everybody in the business. And little by little, you get more profitable. You're able to bring some people on. You get a little bit of money. You're able to bring this person on. That ends up taking a workload off of you and so on and so forth before you know you're able to grow. But if you are properly uh, capitalized to start with, you're able to hire experts and professionals to get professional results from the very beginning. That's something a lot of people miss. I, I love that, man. That's that's amazing. And you're right. It, it's when you start out, a lot of times you don't have the money to do the things that are needed to grow exponentially. And I guess that's why that stat 90% of business owners fail, you know, because they're undercapitalized in the first, what is it? Five years, first year. It It's, it's so true. Yeah. First five you know? years. Yeah. Yeah. We have these great business ideas. Uh, and I say, we, I'm talking to our entrepreneurs, they have these ideas, but to actually get it to the point where you can eat from it might not happen if you yes. don't do it the right way. So I I like that. I like that. But you you did the you were able to have ramen noodles until you got to the uh, filet mignonos. <laughs> but yeah, some of us don't get to yeah. the ramen noodles part. So I get it. I get it. Let me ask you this question. Um, but before I ask this question, can we just take a brief break? Yeah, sure. Do you know what it takes to be successful as a business owner? There are five keys that every business owner has to master in order to be successful. How do I know these keys? Well, I used to say that I made them up, but really, I've learned these five keys in two ways. My name is Mark Adams. I'm the owner of Next Level Business Advisors and the host of the podcast, Business Stories of Success. In the podcast, we discuss success with business owners from around the world. We talk about what it means to them, how they achieve it, and the single biggest quality or personality trait that's needed in order to be successful. As a profitability and growth business advisor, I work with business owners around the country to help them increase profit and or accelerate growth. Now I say or because some business owners aren't properly positioned to accelerate growth. In those cases, we actually focus on honing in on profitability. If you are a business owner, and you're excited about improving your profit or accelerating your growth, feel free to download my free ebook, Mastering the Five Keys to Make Your Business Successful. It's found at my website, nlbusinessadvisors.com forward slash five keys. That's the number five keys. You can also subscribe to my podcast, Business Stories of Success. And if you're really ready to start accelerating your growth, feel free to schedule your free discovery call. We'll talk about where you are today, what your goals are, your challenges, your obstacles, and I can help you to hurdle some of the hurdles to your own business success. Join me at Next Level Business Advisors and schedule your appointment today. Awesome. So we're back. So I wanted to ask you, how do you define success? Hmm. Success, this is actually, uh, I've thought about this a lot. <laughs> All right. So to me, to me, success is deciding what your end goal is and then getting there. That's about it. That's about as complicated as it really gets for me. The first part was deciding what what success even was in the first place. And 
that is different for everyone. For some people, it's a certain level of comfort. For other people, it's a certain dollar amount. For other people, it's a certain level of happiness or a certain level of freedom. That definition is going to change from person to person. But uh, I feel like actually achieving success is about just simply knowing what your end goal was and getting there. It's kind of like if you're in a car and you're driving to a destination, right? Let's say that I'm in Atlanta and I want to drive to San Francisco, 4,500 miles. Well, if I do not have something guiding me through, right, I'm not going to know where to go, detours and all. I might just be drifting, end up in New York or Canada somewhere. But I only will know that the journey is over once I've arrived at my destination. The GPS says what? You've arrived at your destination. That is success to me. So for me, I have very specific things that I want to do um, with my life. And um, when those things are done, like that is it. That is success. Now, does that mean I can't go start another journey? Of course I can. But success in the short term is me achieving those specific goals. Okay. I like that explanation. And the analogy is perfect uh, because you, you you have to plot this course. And you said detours and all, right? It's not going to be that yep. straight shot you thought. Awesome. So do you consider yourself successful then? Oh yeah, I I would say so. I <laughs> because I failed so much, um, and <laughs> I can literally look back and see very clearly, like, oh yeah, this is way better than uh, <laughs> than than what it used to be. Like I, yeah, at this point, I'm happy, happier. Okay, I like it. I like it. So. And our, our listeners, I think when they key into these conversations, this is one thing they really want to know. What are the things that you are, have done or are doing to make success a reality? Um, hmm. Well, first, I, I would say, uh, I, and I'm only half jokingly saying this, I break something at least once a week on purpose. Okay. You know, I'm always trying new stuff. <laughs> And it's like I'm I'm constantly uh I'm constantly, you know, trying to evolve and grow and um and move everything forward. So I I don't know if it's the ADD or what, but I just cannot sit still with it. So I'm constantly trying new things and adjusting and modifying the business so that it can be uh greater and stronger. Um as far as just basic success, it really comes down to a dollar amount. I have certain sales goals say, hey, this is what we need to be able to achieve at this point. Um, for the other companies, I have certain targets, financial targets that we we're supposed to hit. Either we did or we didn't assess if we did what worked. And if we didn't, what didn't work. And then um, moving forward the next month or the next quarter, whatever I'm measuring in. Um, and then that's, that's really it from a day-to-day -day operating perspective. Long term, there's only one thing that I want to do. And that is, um, I want to be able to have these enormous skyscrapers. So if you can just imagine any skyscraper, uh, skyscraper that you've seen in any big city, like a normal skyscraper, but top to bottom, I want this building to be um, an automated farm, an indoor farm. And I want to be able to give that food away, about 80% of it, to children for free. That is it. Everything else that I do is just kind of, uh, you know, on the path towards that. Literally everything else... Um, that I'm doing. Anything outside of that goal is really just a distraction. And so I try to be very hyper aware of what counts as a distraction and what counts as uh, as being a contribution to my goal. Wow. Wow. Okay. 
I love so, it. I love it. <laughs> I guess that goes back to knowing what your what success looks like, like what the goal is. Then you know right. you're finished. So. Right. So your skyscraper is California. And you're an allergy. Uh I want to have 10 of them, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Each okay. Is, uh, each one will cost me about um one billion three hundred and twenty million dollars. So it's a it's Ooh. a pretty uh expensive goal. Yeah. That is an expensive goal. That is something that yeah. sounds like you're going to be really working hard to achieve for a little bit of time, at least. Right? Yeah, and that's philanthropic, too. I mean, you're talking about giving, not, not, and that's nice. You're talking about doing something, and then you're going to have this, you said 80, 80% is going to be given away as opposed to sold. Mm -hmm. Philanthropic. That's That's very gracious. And that's, you know, one thing I learned in listening to a lot of people who have built a level of success or have made money. And one of my coaches that I have, uh, he talks about that. You know, when you hit your financial goals, it should be also to give back, right? Yeah. Or else, you know, what's the point of being selfish? And I really like that. In fact, the interview that I had with another gentleman last week, uh, Anthony Jefferson, that's what he said. Money is good for only three things, you know get time, buy back time, but to give back, he mentioned that. And it's so true. Giving back is, and it's a nice inspirational thing to do. So thank you for sharing that for, yeah. with us. You mentioned that for um, me. Well, mm -hmm. well, just, just one, uh, one point on that. Of course. So for me, the motivation is a little different um, because I, I feel like sometimes as business owners, we, um, we struggle to avoid the inevitable burnout because you are doing so much as a business owner. And so whatever motivation it is that you have has to be strong enough to keep you going, even mm. when you are you know, at this point where you just kind of don't feel like it because it is so much constant pressure. I mean, you have a job, you show up to your job. Yeah, you might have to deal with like some terrible boss or some terrible coworkers, but you still get to go home. And for the most part, for the average person, the responsibility of the entire company is not on your shoulders. Correct. Right. When you have your own business, the responsibility of not just your life, but the lives of your employees is all on your shoulders. Often, if you fail, by extension, everybody else kind of fails, too, because if you are living, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's paycheck to paycheck. Well, your employer might be living payroll to payroll. And so you have to have these things that are keeping you motivated and driven towards higher and higher levels of success, not just for yourself, but for other people as well. For me, the thing with the buildings is it is such um, an extensive goal that there is no slowing down. And when I think about like, oh, I'm tired, I'm tired of this stuff. I just want to, you know, go back to Thailand or something. <laughs> I think about what I'm uh, what I'm really doing and why. And that is what's able to um, to keep me driving forward. You know, so it's a uh, it's a very specific goal for a very specific set of reasons. I like that. Cool. Very cool. And 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 what's cool, you said you make this goal, it's a very specific goal, very lofty goal, but you still make a whole lot of mistakes along the way. And it doesn't yeah. stop you. Sometimes actually, on purpose. Sounds like, okay, right. So so tell us, in fact, what what's one big mistake you've made that you wouldn't mind sharing? Hmm. Let's see. Boy, mm. so many to choose from. It's only Monday. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So, uh, for example, we are trying to um, we are trying to connect with two hundred and nine banks right now. So, right now, the way that my business credit operates is we um, 
are more of a matchmaking service than anything else, where we're able to basically figure out what qualifications a, per- a person has and then match those with the qualifications that um, a lender has basically stated that they want. And we use uh, third parties for this. Well, I want to have my own um, bank doing the primary funding. And I also want to have my own one-to-one relationships with all of the other lenders that do the funding so that we're able to have more control over how much money we get people. And um, so that we're able to have more accuracy in how we get people uh, funded. And also, I want to be able to help more people. The problem with the way that I've structured my business is um, there's a good reason that people don't help small businesses and medium-sized businesses as much as they should, and it's because it's not the most profitable thing. Mm -hmm. If it's going to take a month, right? Let's say that someone needs some money. One person needs $100,000. One person needs a million dollars. It's probably going to take the same amount of time to get both of those parties the money that they're looking for. But the payoff on the person who got a million dollars is obviously, because of the sake of math, way bigger than what you would get from the 100K person. So for the logic on most companies that are in this industry, they say, well, hey, why would we waste time getting the small uh, people funded when we can just focus on the bigger people? Okay. I've taken the opposite approach. And uh, your question was, you know, what mistakes have I made? That might be um, a little bit of a big one, but... The long-term logic is fundamentally we are going to end up helping more people. It is where it is way more work up front, um, mm-hmm. but it is what's going to help more people. And we just now have to do all this extra work uh, with building all these relationships and everything else to make it happen. But we can make it happen. I literally just had this conversation last week with uh, with one of the with one of the other financing guys, saying, hey, "Well, I mean, you know, Bob, if you could just uh, focus on the bigger clients." There's already plenty of people that do that. We're trying to help everyone else. So, so how do that you figure that's a mistake? <laughs> how do you figure that's a mistake then? Because that doesn't sound like a mistake almost. But why do you think it's, why would you say a mistake? In the short term, we have to suffer uh, at the start to make that happen for everybody else. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. But ultimately, that's going to be a success for you because your oh, real yeah. goal, yeah. your real goal is to help as opposed to just making money for yourself. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, because they don't even teach you this stuff in college. You know, no one in business school was telling you how much money you needed to keep specifically in your bank account so that the bank will be happy. The number is 10,000. How would I have known that until I, uh, until I got into this or until I was talking to someone who was able to say like, Hey, this is specifically why you're going to get denied for that loan. Is this number right here? They don't tell you that. Wow. <laughs> so it's little things like that, you know? No one tells you that you're going to end up getting denied for your loan because you put down a cell phone number instead of your uh, business phone number or because you put down a Gmail account instead of your uh, your your actual business email address. They don't tell you that stuff. So I really want to be able to close that gap for people so that more people have a better chance at succeeding. Wow. I like it. I like it. I'm going to ask you this question next, uh, and it requires, it's going to talk about the inner person. What do you think is the single sure. most important quality needed to be successful? Ooh. Um, I would say, uh, I would say perseverance. Yeah. Yeah. Perseverance. Okay. 
Why perseverance? I think I know the answer, but I want to hear you explain it. Well, this kind of goes back to uh, to the failing thing and, and your expectations might be off and there might be all these things that happen from one week to another that discourage you. And perseverance is going to be the only thing that separates the people who make it uh, through that five-year point, that and proper funding, <laughs> and, uh, and those that don't. Um, there are so many opportunities to quit along the way. And as an entrepreneur, you know, this isn't school. It's not this thing where the teacher gave you the full lesson and then quizzed you or tested you on the lesson and then gave you a grade based on that test. It is the complete opposite. It is you get the full test and then in the test, in those failures is where you get the lesson. And then your job is to apply those lessons to the next test. And this repeats over and over again, as long as you have the stamina to continue it. And then by the end of that, you end up in a position where it's like, oh, wow, look at that. I hit my goal. I guess I'm successful now. <laughs> but most people don't make it that far. So that is why I would say perseverance um, is probably that defining factor for a lot of people, because if you don't have perseverance, you're not going to make it to the finish line anyway. Wow. That's true. I like that quality. Um, I've been doing this now. I think we're in our fifties. We've interviewed over 50 owners and we get different answers. I love to get their take on it. I think if we do a collage of all the answers, well, obviously we have about 50 different personality uh, traits or, or requirements or qualities, but it does paint a picture and many of them are similar perseverance. One of my favorite was grit, right? These things that we need to yeah. be successful. You can't be a quitter, uh, one who's easy to cut and run. And if you yeah. do that, you won't, you won't make it. But of course it's awesome to have people like yourself who can help along the way so that it makes the yeah. job a little bit more palatable to get to that level that you want to yeah. be to. In fact, it kind of um, ties me into this next point because if I'm understanding it properly, Oxford PearPoint and even my business credit is is not just about the services you offer, but it's about the mentorship. It's about the training that's going to be required. So have mentors or coaches contributed to your success? Um, a few, a few. One of my biggest uh, shortcomings as a person is um, – I am extremely antisocial. Even now doing this podcast, we were talking before about my goal of doing 100 podcasts. That is not me. Um, I prefer to quietly build things behind my Mac, just sitting there, just creating, creating, creating. And uh, even when I'm talking, like I would have tons of meetings over the phone, hate meetings in person, just not my thing. So when it comes to uh, mentors, I feel like I, you know, unintentionally, but still cheat myself out of the opportunities to meet uh, people who could help make me more successful just because I just simply don't want to. I I, 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 I want to stay in my little bubble and build things. So yeah, there's a few mentors, not as many as there should be. Okay. Wow. Wow. It's amazing because you say you're, you know, you, you, the in-person thing, but you're such an eloquent communicator. And you have so much that you're offering. It seems like it's almost, you'd be almost the opposite. That's kind of interesting. No, it's it's weird. I'm very good at what I'm good at. I'll give you a very prime example. So I used to give uh, I used to give a lot of speeches, um, like well, business development speeches. So I'd stand up there um, and I would 
just talk about whatever I was supposed to be talking about. Then I would always do this thing where I'd open the floor to everyone in the room and say, hey, ask me anything. Because you got to understand, I was doing consultations for like 50 hours a week. I was hearing almost everything that you could possibly hear. So there was very little at that point that surprised me. And so I'd be super engaging, very confident, answering everyone's questions on the fly, like just really doing my thing. I kid you not, 30 seconds after I step off the stage, it's like a different person is off of the stage than the person that was on it. I, you know, everyone's coming up to me, like trying to congratulate me and say, oh, wow, this, that was so useful. And that was such a great, uh, that was such a great talk you gave and all this. And all I'm doing is like, just kind of like trying to inch my way to the door <laughs> so that I don't have to talk <laughs> to people. It is the wow. weirdest thing. I don't know if it's because I have some kind of extreme um, introversion, but that is just, that's just how I am. I'm very good at talking about the things that I'm good at. And then literally everything else is just interpersonal skills. I don't know. It's just not my, not my. I am not, I am not surprised quite honestly. I think I have kind of a similar thing. If I'm talking or teaching or training, I'm great. I just love that. Mm -hmm. And I, and I enjoy it. But then when I yeah. get off of a stage, yeah, I just want to sit in the corner <laughs> before yeah. the, before I get yeah. up on stage, people don't even know I exist. I'm sitting there quietly in my own little world. And are you going to be our speaker for the day? Maybe, you know, but that's how I, I was. I yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. Right. So I'm not surprised, but yeah. you are incredibly <laughs> incredible. Even the way you paint your pictures, you know, the word pictures that you paint are, are pretty fantastic. I'm going to ask you this question because I'm digressing too much. What advice would you give to a new business owner? And it's awesome because you work with so many. So what advice would yeah. you give to a new business owner? Um, so that really has a lot to do with context. Um, because business owners are at different stages of the process. So if mm -hmm. you're just a brand new business owner, you've literally not done anything except for making the mental decision to have a business in the first place. The first bit of advice that I would give is to do proper planning and research, you know, um, do a feasibility study, do a SWOT analysis. I know people don't like writing business plans because it can be so lengthy and, and labor intensive, but do one, do a mind map. Make sure that the business you're getting into is actually something that you should be getting into, that you have the proper expertise for, and make sure that um, you are bringing an element to the market that does not already exist, or if it does exist, an element uh, to the market that is underserved. I'll use myself as an example. With my business credit, there are plenty of people who will go and talk about business credit all day long. A quick YouTube search will pull up a hundred of them, right? So what is it that we're bringing that is different? We are specifically wanting to make sure that we're helping business owners in a very cohesive and professional way, understand the options that are available to them, understand very clearly the reasons that they are going to be denied, and we're genuinely trying to help them for free actually, um, actually tackle the things that they're supposed to tackle so that the lenders end up giving them money. There are no, uh, there are no like, oh, if you go to my, go buy my course and, uh, you know, I'm going to teach you all the stuff that's already on the, on the internet uh, for free for $997. No, we don't have time for that. We're genuinely trying to get people funded. So that is what we're bringing to the table. And we're doing it in an organized way so that we end up being like a credit karma for business owners, right? They don't have that right now. So think about what you're able to offer the market in a way that is meaningful and impactful for people that'll actually make a difference 
and help you stand out. Your business will be way easier from that perspective. If you're someone who is more established and you're trying to figure out, well, what do I need to do like to uh, to continue growing? Make sure that you take business administration seriously. Okay, these are our basics. Keeping up with your accounting, keeping up with your taxes, making sure that your bank account is healthy, making sure that you're actually paying attention to the relationships that you're building with vendors and um, and and credit card companies and and banks in general. All that stuff matters. Making sure that you actually do go and talk to a consultant who has done these things and is able to guide you um, in the right direction. Because as much as I embrace, you know, failures, failures are often unnecessary if you've talked mm. to enough people. It's very right. rare that we are inventing something that is just so brand new that no one has ever dealt with these problems ever in, in all Agreed. of human history. No, <laughs> there's almost always someone that you could have talked to, but people who have the best information, sometimes they do cost a little bit, uh, a little bit more money. You need to start building those relationships before you actually need uh, the results that you're seeking, right? Wow. By the time you need them, then you have an element of desperation uh, to your to, uh, to your business, and now your decision making is thrown off. So do all these things before you actually need the help. It's, it's like marital counseling. Go get marital counseling, marital counseling before you actually have any problems in your marriage. You know, like preempt the problems. Wow, so, I like that. Yeah. I really like that. That's some really powerful advice that you shared. Um, and it it it's almost like you're talking about preparing before you start. Right. Learn how to swim before you jump in the water. At least do a little bit of reading or something yeah. before you jump in. Because once you jump in, there's a level of desperation if you're completely unprepared. I like that advice. If you yes. were to be able to go back yeah. and you started your business, I'm not going to say without planning, but you did not anticipate starting a business. If you can go back to right before you started it, what advice would you give yourself? Mm. Um. Uh, okay, I know. Uh, the advice I would have given myself is to make sure that my personal credit is as high as it can be before I start a business. That's what. That's the one thing I probably would have uh, done differently. Okay, now I have people saying, yeah. "What? Why? Why?" Yeah, of all the things I could possibly tell myself, knowing what I know now, that is the one because that would have sped everything else up. Um. That is the one thing, and, and I mean, this is this is uh, this is an issue for people in general. Um, there's this whole narrative on the internet that says something along the lines of, "Oh, you can go start an LLC, and you know you're going to be able to go buy a car with your LLC tomorrow, or go to the yep. bank and get this loan." And that's all Don't BS. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no one's going to go give you you know tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars just because you started a brand new LLC with zero track record, zero evidence of your ability to handle money. They're almost always going to go and look at your personal credit and you need okay. to make sure that you have a healthy uh, credit history, not even necessarily just a good credit score by itself, but a genuinely healthy credit history, making sure that you're not um, you know, behind on any payments. If possible, making sure that you're paying your bills in full, that you're keeping your credit utilization low, all these personal credit things that I didn't really think were that important. I mean, you know, like you think, oh, well, six fifty is enough to to get by, you know. And these these people are looking for seven hundreds, you know, six eighties at the least. And not just that, but you could have a high score and still get denied because you were. Oh, we saw that you were uh, a month late 
a year and a half ago. Like, come on. <laughs> if yeah, I had to yeah. tell myself one thing, it would be, yeah, really focus on having um, as perfect of credit as I possibly could, because that frees you up now to be able to have access to not just money, but also even um, even people that money buys. You know, you're able to start buying other people's time. And with uh, with that money, you're able to not only buy their time, but also their knowledge. You need you need to have your your good credit in order. So. Wow, I like that. And I'm, like I said, I've interviewed many people. It's probably random, but yes. <laughs> no, well, you know what? I've never yeah. heard that one. And it's really good because especially, and that's why I asked before you started your business, I'm imagining that there are people who listen to these conversations that I have with people and they're trying to figure out if a business is really something they can do. And like you said, you want to be as prepared as possible. So they might listen to this and say, hey, I need to fix my credit now. I was planning to start in the summer, right? I was planning to start next fall. So yeah. there are things that you can do beforehand so that when you do get that LLC, you're a lot better prepared. So I like that one. That's a, yeah. that's one that I had never thought of either. So I appreciate yeah. you sharing that. Well, the, the other reason I gave that answer is because there's a time element to it as well. You can yes. go and spend a few months planning. You can go meet enough people who will tell you what to do, and it's not going to take you a whole year to figure it out. But your credit it is going to take you about 24 months. If you're really wanting it to be perfect, it's going to take you about at least 24 months of good, perfect history where no one will have anything to complain about ever. Hmm. You've got to plan ahead for that. It doesn't matter um, what business you decided you wanted to start. If you're going to have it properly funded or you know be able to get the resources that you need, let's say you want an SBA loan, right? The SBA will happily give you money. They'll give you half a million dollars tomorrow. If you can qualify for it, one of the first things they'll ask you for is your personal credit score. Wow. I mean, wow. It's, it's, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. <laughs> Absolutely. So. I love it. I love it. Hey, man, this was an incredible conversation. I want to thank you so much, Bob Hunter, mybusinesscredit.com. Thank you for your gems, your knowledge, thank your you. wisdom, and for, for even giving us some of your personal story. I really appreciate it. We look forward yeah, to seeing you continue your journey uh, to success, man. I know it will. I Thank know it so will. Much. It's actually, it's actually helped me already. So I'm looking forward to, to uh, listening to this again, even because it, it has a lot of value. Wonderful. Thanks again, my friend. Thank you. Appreciate it. Did you like that interview? Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Business SOS, and please drop a comment, like us, and share. If you are a successful business owner and would like to be considered for an interview, visit us at businesssospodcast.com. Fill out our form and we'll reach out to you. Our next story of success will be in two weeks. Don't forget to tune in.